Hi, this is Shyel Dvorak, and welcome to the Productivity with Purpose podcast. This season, we'll talk about how to find meaning and purpose in your job, your family, and in every aspect of life. Let's get started with some introductions. Yeah, and this is John Brandon, and I'm a Forbes columnist. I've been a Forbes columnist now for a few years. Before that, I wrote a column for Inc. Magazine for about 10 years. I'm writing a book about productivity with purpose. It's called The 7-Minute Productivity Solution. And a lot of what we're going to be talking about is finding purpose in your work, in your job, in life. So, John, how did you get started in writing? Yeah, so I, I worked in the corporate world for about 10 years right outside of college. I went to the University of Northwestern, and I have a journalism degree. Uh, but uh, one of the things that happened with me is I really found purpose in, raise, in getting married. I was married a week after graduation. My daughter, Rachel, was born about two years after we were married. And so I found purpose in family and in kind of providing for them. So for a good 10 years, I really just thought about, I don't know if I really care as much about what I'm doing as much as who who I'm doing that for Mm -hmm. and in raising a family and providing for them. Um, but then God really changed everything on uh, around 9-18-2001. It was about a week after 9-11. And uh, I was downsized in my corporate job. And it was a very sudden thing. I had no idea it was coming. They were worried about the economy. Um, I was worried about the economy. We were all mm-hmm. worried about the economy. And uh, so 9-18-2001, I was downsized. Got home that night. My wife said, you know, you've got that journalism degree. Maybe you should use it at some point in your life. And so I actually decided to be a writer that same day, 9-18-2001. The only real catch with that is it took about a year to really develop that. And so I remember my brother-in-law used to drop off groceries at our front door, ring the doorbell, and run away so we didn't know it was him. Oh, wow. And because we just were struggling and we mm-hmm. had, uh, at the time, we had four little kids at home. And so I I just really wanted to kind of find purpose in my job. I wanted to do something new. I wanted to leave the corporate world. And now, uh, 20 years later, um, yeah, I found that productivity with purpose. I wrote about 15,000 articles during that career, if you can believe that. That's incredible. 15,000 yeah. articles. Yeah, and I remember all of them. No. Uh, I think I remember about five of them actually. Like the one I the one I wrote last week, I remember. But yeah, it's a it's a lot of productivity. Uh, I learned a lot. I learned about how to be efficient. I learned about things like what is efficiency f- versus um, productivity, and we can actually talk about that down the road here. But the the biggest thing I learned during that time is that it's not about really working hard. It's really more about are you working on the right things? Hmm. And if you're working on the right things and working hard, then that's kind of the sweet spot of productivity. But um, if all you're doing is working hard, you know, this. we can talk about this later too, but social media gives you the impression that you're working hard. And so you're flipping through your phone and you're posting and you're doing all these things. And then two hours later, well, you actually haven't accomplished anything. You've just felt like you were working hard. Exactly. And you've written so much about productivity. So what are some things that you've learned through that whole process about being productive? 
Yeah, and one of the things that's really important to mention is I actually don't give myself credit for this. I didn't even really plan to be a writer other than the journalism degree. But when I first started out, my wife started praying almost on a daily basis. And her prayer, I still remember it because she prayed it so often, was, God, would you give him favor with his editors? And that was the phrase that just came up over and over and over again. And that's where I really found that purpose because I said to myself, it's not about just kind of cranking out all these articles. It's which ones am I doing? Am I finding favor? Am I listening to God? Um, I have a really good example of that when I first started writing for Wired uh, back in about 2003, 2004. I did a column for many years and I wrote for Wired News. And I remember just thinking, I'm writing about something that's so important here. And I remember my very first article was actually about kind of hate toward Jewish people. And there was this thing where you could Google bomb and you could create like these hate links on Google. And I still remember to this day thinking, wow, that's just, I, this is reaching millions of people. It's combating against something that's just awful and terrible. And maybe it's even making a difference. And so I really got kind of the bug for that early on. I did want to bring up something that I think I find very fascinating, and it's called the phantom time hypothesis. And uh, (laughs) would you mind introducing that concept? Yes. So the phantom time hypothesis is a period of 297 years from AD 614 to 911. And so it's a conspiracy theory that basically that entire time period from those years did not exist Mm -hmm. at all. It was completely created and made up and people kind of think, I don't know, is it coming from people saying, Hey, do you, do we have history from those years or what happened? Was it, was it made up? Is it all a conspiracy? So if my math is correct, uh, we're living in the year 1724 right now. Right. Does that sound right? <laughs> right. But who called it that? Right. right. So, yeah, that's right. That, well, there's this other thing mm. about, uh, you know, in the last 20, 30 years, they've decided not to use BC as much. Right. Because BC means before Christ and they don't believe in Christ. And so they've they've changed the calendar too. Um, this uh, right. the phantom time hypothesis is not very well accepted in science because uh, this is a period when Charlemagne was the Roman emperor. And yeah, he did exist. There's an archaeological record of him. And the the really interesting thing about this hypothesis is that one of the biggest ways it's been disproven is with astronomy. And so people would say things during that time period about the placement of stars or the placement of planets. And they've been able to go back and say, yep, that's exactly when that should have taken place. So that's kind of fascinating. They've disproved it. But the reason I even brought this up in the podcast is that, you know, what if it really was 1724? I mean, doesn't that kind of throw off your whole brain? Like it's 2021, Mm -hmm. but what if it's not, you know? And then what do we think about that? And what if we're living in the 1800s right now, you know? Um, And I think for me, it's kind of like, Anything that gets us to think more about time and the value of time 
and whether we're being productive is good. I like this hypothesis. I heard about it from an author named uh, Chuck Klosterman, is one of my favorite authors, and he wrote about it, and he loves it too. He thinks it's the most fascinating thing, (laughs) and he also thinks it's like totally ridiculous, you know, like that time period obviously did exist, but it's fun to think about. Um, So And slightly terrifying, right? Because to think that that could happen or that that could have happened. Right. And what else is what else is in question, you know, from history? Right. Because we want things to rely on. And time is one of those things. That's right. Mm -hmm. We think we can rely on it. Uh, Being purposeful with our time is so important. And it's you had mentioned, John, that it's not about how hard we work, but it it really is about what are we working towards? And I think the minute you lose sight of what you're working towards or why you're even doing what you're doing, you you reach this point where maybe you, you have a breaking point because you can't even do it anymore. Yeah, definitely. That's called burnout. And I, I've gone through different phases of burnout, but I, I did have a kind of an interesting story to tell about. When I was writing the book, I mentioned that I'm writing a book on productivity and it's for Baker Books. It comes out in January. Um, but I went to a hotel a few times, actually more times than I'd like to admit, probably about six or eight different times. And one of the times was during winter. And I remember very vividly trying to go for a walk, kind of get out, get some exercise. And I came to a bridge. And I looked at the bridge. And it was just, it's in Bloomington, Minnesota. And it just happened to be covered with ice. And so I thought, I have a few different options here. So one of them is is that I can just say, I'm not going to move forward at all. I'm just going to go back to my hotel, and I'm not going to reach my destination. I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to keep Mm -hmm. walking. So then the next one was I could walk on the side of the road, you know, and not go on the sidewalk that's covered with ice. And I I kind of could picture the headline, you know, uh, ink journalist killed by a truck on a road because he's trying to not walk on the ice. Oh, no. So I I decided not to do that either. Uh, So what I ended up doing was I walked really slow on the ice, step by step. And I just made sure that I didn't fall while I was walking forward on the ice. Mm. And what I realized at that time is that I had productivity with purpose. I wasn't going fast. I wasn't kind of like trying to, I I didn't slip at all. And I made it to the other side. And I think if we can approach work like that and say, you know, if I'm working on the right things, if I'm making progress and and I'm kind of being productive, even if I'm not going that fast, that that's okay. And, and we're going to accomplish our goals. And so this idea that we're just going to work really fast and really hard, I don't know where that came from, but it actually doesn't work that well anyway. is like this kind of stressful thing like you know you have to be on time very so so what do we even mean by that when we say we have to be on time that's a great question I think we've put a lot of pressure on ourselves and maybe it's just it comes from our culture as well I know we're in a very structured time culture Mm -hmm. where if you say you're meeting someone at a certain time 
you know, you have to be there at that time. And if they're not there, you're going to think, oh, wow, they just don't even care. Or, (laughs) you know, maybe they have something going on. And then you might wait, I don't know, what, 10 or 20 minutes past that. But I think most of us reach a point where we're either going to at least connect with the person over text or call them and say, hey, where are you at? Mm -hmm. Before we kind of give up on it. Yeah. So it's kind of just so ingrained in us to the fact where I've noticed I have this, my own pressure coming from, I think just myself, it's coming, let's say just in the grand scheme of time where I'm at in my job or career or moving or, you know, you've been here so long, so maybe you should be at this place by this time. Right. (laughs) And it's, that's so difficult because... Mm-hmm. sometimes life doesn't work out in the way that you think it's going to. And so. Yeah. And we're going to talk about God's time and his schedule later. I think it's a little different from ours, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have a story about bubble tea. What is that? about? Yeah. So I, life kind of just happened so fast and so much was happening that I was talking to an old friend and she mentioned she saw me and she said, you know, the last time I had bubble tea was when I was with you the last time. And can, I went, can I interrupt just for a second? What, what is bubble tea again? Cause <laughs> I don't think I've ever had. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's this, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like a tea with uh, tapioca or you can get like different pearls in the bottom. So it's that tea that you see people drinking that's really colorful. Okay. Um, you can buy it at Starbucks or. Well, you can buy it at, there's like bubble tea places. Oh, okay. So see, I, think I don't know. Starbucks might this. have something like that. I'm not a huge Starbucks <laughs> person, but <laughs> anyways, she had mentioned, you know, the last time I had it was when I was with you and. I said to her, well, wow, so you haven't drank this tea in three years. And she looks at me and she's like, we saw each other last fall, Cheyenne. (laughs) We were together last fall. That was in back in October. And to me, it had felt like three years had 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 to have gone by since last October. I just was shocked for a moment because I thought it's been so long since I've seen you simply because of the fact that all of a sudden so much was happening in my life and it seemed like time just time to me wasn't what it used to be it starts feeling a little bit malleable like time you know something that happened to me about 33 years ago was that uh, I, I mentioned I went to the University of Northwestern and my wife and I graduated and a week later we moved into the dorm at, at the Northwestern University. It was called Northwestern College at the time. And uh, so that was 33 years ago, and now my wife and I are actually moving and selling our house, and we're moving back to the dorm because I work at Northwestern Media. And so I'm actually moving across the street back to the dorm. But 33 years ago, it honestly, it seems like yesterday to me. It really does. And I still remember everything about it and what the dorm room looked like. <laughs> Total deja vu yeah, moment, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're nice, but they're, it's not like you're staying at the at the Hilton, uh, which uh, anyway, I, I, I think the, the, the passage of time is something that is just so fascinating to me and things that can go really fast sometimes 
you know, and then you can go on a two hour drive somewhere and it just seems like it takes like eight hours, you know, Right. and it just seems like time sort of shifts back and forth like that our whole lives. So to kind of circle back to time again, time is 100% true as well, because on on the planet Earth, you know, the Earth rotates at a certain uh, time, and it's 24 hours in a day, 20,000 breaths. Um, The sun always rises, you know, and sets, and time does pass along, you know, from one thing to another. What we've created is this stress about time. We've created this 10 o'clock, you can't be late and I, I think it's funny with uh, Nat, our engineer here, he was a little late to this, so I hope he thinks that's funny, but that he didn't know we were going to talk about time. But but the fact is, is that we have created a lot of these things. But then I like to think about that God in his absolute truth and how he perceives time, that yesterday and today and tomorrow are all the same to him. Mm. And so my question in our next segment is really going to be about how does God perceive time when he's not restricted by time? It's not a big deal to him. So then how does that impact our perception of time and how we should perceive time? talking about the fact that, you know, God really is in the moments that we aren't even in yet. Right. That's so weird to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, he he already knows my tomorrow and your tomorrow and your yeah. a year from now. I think he just if we're thinking about it like he's outside of the space that we're in if time is almost like this this place <laughs> that mm-hmm. we're at. Right. And he's completely outside of that, but he's he's with us at the same time. It's it's really mind blowing to me, and it just reminds me so much of what a God we serve, who's so powerful, and how much he loves us. To the fact that he entered into our world and came into time mm-hmm. through Christ, right? Which is so fascinating. Probably the number one thing that restricted Christ was time. You know, when you think about it, like he only had a ministry that was active for about three years and everything else was kind of building a carpentry business, maybe. I'm not really sure, but, you know, that's not as recorded in scripture. But, yeah, he he made the most of time because he was suddenly restricted by time. Um, but how do you how do you think God perceives the passage of time what do you what do you think is the most important thing to him in terms of like looking back at the last year with covid well as i've been praying with him through all of it i i hear i'm constantly having to come back to him and be reminded of the fact that you know what i'm taking care of you right where you're at mm-hmm. i'm taking care of you things around you are not like you thought they would be. They're not what you planned. It's been a crazy year for a lot of people. But, uh, you know, I'm with you 
even through that. And, and he does provide. And that's what's so cool is I've talked with my mom too. And I've, I tell her things that are going on and ask her, you know what, can you pray for this? Or can you pray for that? And she does. And Mm -hmm. she's got a prayer team of friends that will pray for me and I'm praying for her. And I've seen just in the past couple weeks, like seven different huge answers to prayer happen. Mm. And Mm -hmm. it's just amazing because I think back to that and think, how could this not be God? You know, God is absolutely seeing and hearing this and really providing when I think it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's amazing because when you're saying seven things, so he packed those all into like a week, right? (laughs) You would think if God was better at time management, (laughs) I'm saying that very facetiously, that he would spread those out, right? And sometimes he doesn't do that. So uh, what are some of the verses that uh, we could kind of talk about to close out our podcast? Uh, What's what's one that's kind of resonated with you lately? I would say the first one we have down here, that's Matthew 6, 27, which says, will all your worries add a single moment to your life? And just that question for sure. Yeah, we think worry works, don't we? Right. <laughs> it doesn't really work. It doesn't really change like, uh, you know, the, the there's, this, there's a clock in the studio here somewhere right above your head, actually. And so... Uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where we we think that that has such extreme importance in our life. And then we've been talking through like God doesn't actually have that same restriction in, in, in our lives. And so we think that, well, okay, we don't have those restrictions or God doesn't have those restrictions, but what about this? You know, this is an important thing or I need to be right. here at this time or for this job interview. Um, what What is that verse kind of meant for you though? Um, especially, so I, I wonder about people your age, you know, you're, you're fairly new to the work world. Uh, how have you kind of applied this verse in your own life? Well, I'd say it's, it's this constant needing to be reminded of this constantly, which is why it's so important to spend time with God and time in the word, because it's so easy to forget this. I would say every time I remember this, I just go, okay, so life is not as I planned right now. Right. <laughs> it's maybe really crazy and really stressful right now. And my reaction to that is, oh, I just feel the stress. Like I can almost feel it in my shoulders or wherever yeah. you feel stress and you, um, and then I remember, you know, that's, that's not adding any, that's not helping. Right. And God, has said like that's that is not going to help you <laughs> mm-hmm. to just dwell on that. So kind of just let it go. Let me let me take you where I have you, and and just trust that. Trust yeah. him. Something I in in researching the book I found out about this twenty thousand breasts thing, and the other thing I found out about stress that's and and for anyone listening to this if you have struggled with stress or depression or some of these topics, time management, getting stressed about it. Um, something that's uh, that I found when I was writing the book is when we experience stress and when we get like really stressed out about something, our breathing changes. 
and sometimes we actually stop breathing. And sometimes that's exactly the thing that's causing a panic attack or it's causing stress. And what you're experiencing is the lack of breath at that point. And so if you can almost just stop and say, wait, I've, God's giving me 20,000 breaths. I maybe should use them all, you know, mm. and, and, and stopping breathing. Oh, the other thing I've heard, there's this concept called email apnea. And what it means is that when we're anticipating an email coming in or we're reading an email that's kind of harsh or maybe from our boss, that we, we literally stop breathing while we're anticipating it. Right. And, and that causes stress and then we start breathing again. So the way to kind of deal with that, of course, is to do breathing exercises and deep breaths. And the reason why that works is it teaches your brain, no, you need to kind of breathe through this. You need to stop stop experiencing the stress and experience breathing instead. And then that, that actually works because then you just start breathing normally. Um, I'm going to have to keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you fly, right? Right. Uh, which, yeah, is stressful. Um, another one I noticed here is uh, Matthew six thirty four. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What I, what I really like about that one is, you know, today is just today. There's a, there's a quote about this. I think it's from Laura Ingalls Wilder, uh, the author who said that there, is, there really only is now, you know, and kind of that relates all the way back to our discussion about time. Um, you know, what are you experiencing now? Are you, uh, another thing that I've, I've thought about a lot is that uh, the author Philip Yancey has mentioned how uh, as Christians, God is always waiting for us to turn our attention toward him. And so in the moment when you're, when you're stressed or you're thinking about time and the restrictions of time, maybe it's okay to just kind of pause and say, I'm going to turn my attention to God because that's what he's been waiting all this time yes. for me to do anyway. Absolutely. And that's when you feel when you, the, the sense of the Holy Spirit works. Right. Too, because yeah. you're you're focused on God and all of a sudden there's that communication happening between you and God. And yeah. that's when you can sense the Holy Spirit leading you into different different ways than you thought you were going or yeah. maybe into a conversation with someone that you don't even know. Yeah, it's like the Holy Spirit's tapping you on the shoulder and kind of if you can picture the Holy Spirit looking at a watch and tapping on it and saying, hey, remember God's time. It's a little different from our time. from uh, Narnia that I thought would be a great place to end because it's just a really powerful passage. Would you mind uh, reading it? Yes. Yeah, so to give a little bit of context, this is uh, from Narnia uh, by C.S. Lewis. And they reached the point in this whole grand adventure that they went through in in the books where they Lucy wonders and she says, you know, how, if we had followed what you wanted us to do, Aslan, you know, how, you mean, we would have gotten here so much easier and we, we didn't 
follow you. Like we didn't follow what the path was or what the plan was, but if we had, it would have been so much easier. And that's when I think Aslan stops her and, and he says, to know what would have happened, child, said Aslan. No, nobody is ever told that. And just that part of of what he says, um, anyone can find out what will happen, said Aslan. But if you go back to the others now and wake them up and tell them you have seen me again and that you must all get up at once and follow me, what will happen? There is only one way of finding out. I actually do have a quote from my book, too, and I'll just kind of uh, close on this, and I'm just going to read this. It's uh, uh, mentioning a philosopher named John Stuart Mill, who is kind of like the productivity guru uh, from a while ago before they even existed, you know. Um, and in, in my book, I, I talk about this. Suppose you could snap your fingers and suddenly become the future version of yourself. Some of us might jump at the chance, all of our opinions validated, all of our daily trifles suddenly resolved. Yet we wouldn't know how we validated those opinions or resolved those battles. If we suddenly became that future self, we would not experience the joy and happiness of the resolution and the growth. As the author Ryan Holiday notes, joy comes through the resolution. Hmm. Um, Ryan Holiday is another productivity expert. Um, he he is uh, he is a great guy to close with because um, he talks a lot about uh, time management and he's he's one of those uh, authors that I really recommend. Mm. But one of his biggest points of all that he writes about all the time in almost all of his books is: Are you working on the right things? He just keeps saying that over and over again in his books, and. I think that's just a great place to close our, our first episode here and just say that's a challenge to the listener. Um, are you working on the right things? Because working really fast and really hard, sometimes you can work on the wrong things and then you're not making much productivity with that. So that's such a great place to end because uh, the, ch the challenge here is for anyone listening to this, um, as we go along through all these different topics, uh, one of the topics is going to be about the morning routine that I write about in the book. Another one is going to be how to take a break effectively. We're going to kind of go through some of these topics, but the theme that runs through all of it is, uh, you know, are you, are you doing, uh, are you living by God's time? Or are you living by your time? And if we can figure out how to live by God's time, um, we'll really have tapped into something that is incredibly powerful. And the Holy Spirit is going to tap us on the shoulder and say, hey, I got this time thing figured out and you really don't. Hmm. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to learn more about that through life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, we'll see you next time on Productivity with Purpose. <laughs>